streets and I know a place where the rivers never cease to flow. So let me take you to the place I know. hand who is sitting next to you just in case to become that he had the vision of the Lord right no one knows the way that leads on to eternal life no one's in his face but the son who came from heaven above well if you let him leave You'll know the peace that he can give. But someone's got to lead you there. As with many of the good things in life. So let me take you to the place I know. Let me bring you to the one I love. Would you put your hands in mine? Would you put your hands in mine? Would you, would you, would you put your hands in mine? Put 
Then I know a place Where the rivers never cease to flow So let me take you to the place I know hand who is sitting next to you just in case to become that he had the vision of the Lord right no one knows the way that leads on to eternal life no one's in his face but the son who came from heaven above well if you let him lead that he can give but someone's gotta lead you there as with many of the good things in life so let me take you to the place I know let me bring you to the one I love would you put your hands in mine would you put your hands in mine? Would you, would you, would you put your hands in mine? Would you put your hands in mine? 
Don't worry, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. I'm glad we get the opportunity tonight. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited that we get the opportunity to teach the things that we're going to teach tonight. Amen. And maybe sometime at the end of the teaching, I'll give you opportunities to ask sincere questions. If you don't think that you can ask your question publicly, you can take a piece of paper and write it. Because I intend to teach from now until 7 o'clock and then we'll use the next 30 minutes to answer questions and by 7.30 we are done. Amen? All my enemies we see today. I, I will keep my word. Wicked people. Hallelujah. But really that's the intent. That's, that's what's in my heart. And I want to announce to you that this is the first of a two-part teaching series. Alright? Um, the next one will be Restored Sexuality. Now, when we speak about sanctified sexuality, we're actually talking about people whose sexualities have not been stirred up and why it is important for them to keep it. But then when we get to restored sexuality, we're going to be able to, we'll speak about the power of God and its ability to take that which you have lost and help you find it back. Are you following me? I believe in re-virginity. Do you understand it? Yeah, because all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And if God has the power to make a life new, then there's nothing he cannot do. Are you following me? I don't know how you want to interpret re-virginity, whatever you want to interpret it as. Just interpret it like that until we get there and explain it, alright? Um, because it's easy for people to sit down and just begin to crack their heads. What's the meaning of that madness? What are they saying? What is re-virginity? It's virginity. If you just break your hymen once, you have lost it. Even hymens are recreatable. Are you following me? Don't you believe the God who can make all things? If he forgives, he can take away all of the scars. Is that possible? Uh, why suddenly you are very calm? Everybody just thinking, no, 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 pastor, slow down. No problem, I'll slow down. That's not what I came to talk about today. But one of the things I want to do, I, I, I decided to put this meeting in honor of our bride and groom tomorrow. That's um, Job and Happy, all right? Um, and um, part of it is because I, I've been glad as a pastor, all right, that at least the last six, seven weddings we did, all of the girls were virgins. I mean, all. It's, it's, it's amazing. Alright? Now, when you live in a generation like this, where virginity is losing its... Aha! And then you get the privilege to join a number of weddings in successions like that. And you find out over and over again that people still honor it. You've got reasons to be glad as a pastor. Are you following me? 
Yeah, I've got reasons to be glad as a pastor. And we really will need to consolidate on that. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we're not only consolidating on it for the women, we're also consolidating on it for the men. Uh, because, uh, because men don't have a way to measure virginity. So they don't think that... In fact, generally society is cultured such that people don't think it's not a big deal if a man is involved sexually. It's just such a big deal. If a woman is, in, and you know, the women have hit the point that Jesus prophesied about, where their rebellion has also begun. Are you following me? I heard the statistics last week in Lagos, and I don't know how true it is. They said Nigerian women are the most unfaithful black women in the world. I don't want to believe it. I've decided not to. Are you following me? But. Generally, when you see that level of rebellion, I'm simply saying that you see that level of rebellion because the law does not work per- perfection. I'm going to take some time and talk to you guys and talk to you guys tonight. All right. So I'm not doing this because I'm glad that I'm not doing this because I've noticed that too many people are losing their virginities. I'm glad that we're doing this because we are noticing that too many people still have honor enough to keep their virginity. And uh, a number of them, it is actually a product of the fact that they were taught well. A good number of them were people that, you know, we started church with eight, nine years ago. And when we started church that way, there were certain things we emphasized that made it possible for people to get up and say no. And I, I felt that it was important when we come around a single circle like this to begin to emphasize the things that make for truth. Especially because every five years can be a generational shift right now. Before, it took about a hundred years for generations to shift. Are you following me? But right now, because knowledge has increased, every five years can cause a generational shift. And Satan is pumping a generation with so much information, and every one of those information has a target to divide the knowledge of Christ. Are you following me? So, I'm going to speak about wisdom a little bit from Proverbs chapter 4 and 5. But, first and foremost, I want to establish the supreme wisdom of God. One of the things you must know, for you to even come to agree, that it's important for you to keep your, I mean, for you to keep a sanctified sexuality. And a sanctified sexuality simply means I have consecrated myself unto God and I will not defile myself until I find a man who has made a covenant before God that I will give my body unto as a trust like I'm giving it to God. Because people don't really know the implication of marriage. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why we, we, take, we give ourselves carelessly and we take each other carelessly. Are you following me? If a girl stands in front of you, what's that your name again, sir? Eh? Ellie? Nelly? Lala, I need a Sunai Ah, sorry. Alright. Ihiai Chiku. That's easy now. You are saying Ihiai. It's easier. Which one is Nelly? You know, people believe that when they call their tribal names, you don't know. I'm a true Nigerian. I'm. I washed, I was washed in Enugu. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no part of Nigeria I enter into today and I feel like a stranger. Last week I did. I went to Delta. Then I went to Enugu. Then I went to Lagos. So the south was covered. South, south, southeast, southwest. There's no part of Nigeria I don't feel at home in. I love Nigeria. Are you following me? If I love Nigeria more than I love Plateau, I'm not joking. I am not as much an Angas boy as I am in Nigeria. In my blood. Jesus. You know patriotism is in the heart. Yeah. And the real problem we have in Nigeria today is that people are more Igbo than they are Nigerian. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a generation is rising that will change it. We will preserve our nativities. I'm telling you, in the next phase of what we are going to do, when Nigeria is restored, we will return to preserving nativities. And we will preserve it as a rebellion against the prince of the power of the air. To tell him we have refused globalization. Do your words. So, we will return to learning tribal languages. Wait and see. You know, oh God, it's not a prophetic meeting. Let me go on, please. Because you know, one of the things you must have as a grace is the ability to live today for tomorrow. Maybe I'll speak about that at some point in this meeting. You need to be able to know what is Satan cooking for tomorrow. Then you birth his answer today and start to live today knowing what is coming tomorrow. That's how a Christian is designed to live. But we are always very responsive. Oh, the generation is spoiling. We need to catch up. No, I'm not catching up. I live ahead of my time. There's nothing Satan is about to birth that I've not seen coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's what I brought you here tonight to teach you how to live in. The generations are getting worse. The rebellion is getting more. If a girl stands in front of you, and let's say it's your wedding day, you're wearing a suit, stand up, sir. And a girl stands in front of you, and they said to you, do you take her to be your wife? What are you thinking? You're thinking excitement. Do you understand? That's what is in the mind of the average young boy when he's standing in front of a pastor, and they're asking him, will you take her? He's just thinking, God, the girl of my dreams, finally. If they leave you, you say, I will, mana. Do you understand? They say, will you take her? I say, I'm a pastor. I will, mana. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But what you are actually, what they are asking you is, would you arise and be God to her? Because <laughs> if a pastor is just knowing that. Are you with me? Because the testimony that is supposed to come out of every marriage is, I thought I knew God until I met you. Because what she's saying is, like I have committed my life to Christ, I'm about to commit to you as a physical representation of a spiritual reality. Then you are casually standing there and say, I will. No, no, you can't be confident in that I will. You have to be saying the I will connected to God's grace. Knowing that only grace can keep a man to take somebody else's life and cover it. When we understand that, even pastors will not be, they will not be excited about new members. You know, this church is growing every day. Now we are stretching out the capacity of this place and we are already thinking where do we go from here. Are you following me? Because I see a number of you are not even members of this church. With every new person that enters into church, my heart skips. You know why? Because pastors count members as success. I count members as work. I'm going to account for every single soul that walks into this place looking for God. So with every one new person, I have to receive from the Lord what is unique and particular to that person. Nobody will know that and be excited about new members. So when they say to you, three more people are being added to church. What are you saying in your heart? So help me God. Oh, there are four new 
families in church. You are not saying, ha, ha, kai, 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 kai. I told you we are the hottest church in town. Or like, <laughs> didn't I tell you we are taking over just? You are just thinking I'm a small man of God. Sit down. Is anybody following me? When your value system is right, your honor will also be right from your heart. But because your value system is not so right, Notice, for those of you who have been here when we joined the wedding, one of the things I tried to make sure is that I tried to make sure that the spiritual, the atmosphere is as intense as any spiritual service. The reason is because the guy and the girl had to know the depth of the commitment they are about to enter into. If they say, Naomi, will you take this guy? You think he say, I will matter? It's an I will, so help me God. Because what we are now asking you is, can you model what Christ should be to this guy? And marriage takes away all of your boundaries. Now the man knows you to your deepest nakedness. And we're not just talking about bodily nakedness. I'm going to teach you that today. In the wisdom of God, no man should take your body until he has taken your heart. That's why the body is last. But Satan's perversion makes that two of us just see each other. Come, Kempia, come. So two of us just see each other. What's your name? What's your name? You, you won't ask me what my name is. My name is Sintok. I, I like the spark in your eyes. Do you like the spark in my own? Do you understand me? People have not known anything about each other. They are already thinking of touching. <laughs> when you hear that song, I hear, I can see fear in your eyes. I can hear confusion in the words you speak. What it's actually saying is, when you see another, the first thing you are thinking about is, should I, should I not? To what extent can I open? To what extent should I shut? John Sam saying, those are principles we need to teach you. Some of you are too open. You bring out the, your debts and you commit costly pearl to swine. That's why your heart is broken every time. You are releasing expectation in directions where God does not expect you to open your doors. Is anybody following me? Because the moment Kempia is expecting something from me, Notice, the first thing is, have you noticed you'll just start to strategically misbehave? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Am I talking to the right set? Does anyone know what I call strategic misbehavior? <laughs> eh? Who said no? Let me use you for example. Eh? Who said no? Blessing. Cock, cock, cock. Your type. When I've caught you many times. Wicked people. Some people just said, ah, I will never live with pastor. That's how I used to catch. I catch people. Ask them in my house. You just be chatting with one strange boy. I will just come past you. Then I'll collect the phone. I'm not joking. And I don't do it when you are doing normal things. I do it only when you are. Yeah. You are strategically misbehaving. You know people don't know. Even the way you look at your phone. 
I just know. That's not a HOJ text. That's not. That's not how I saw Judah. Ufedo, why you call him blessing? You two have I not caught you before. What's your problem? No, no, really. It's hard for you to live with me and I'll not catch you. It's very hard. It's part of what fatherhood is supposed to be. It's a covering. Now, before one tiger and stranger and I see something that has two tails and one horn entering my house. No, 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 no. I'm still in charge here. Do you understand? Can be a when, when we're looking at each other now, we're already misbehaving. What is the world telling you? It is now normal for people to ask their names after they have had sex. It's a rebellion. It's, it's a rebellion against the order of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must know what you are up against. This is not, oh, I'm just feeling something inside. I don't know. I cannot control myself. It's a rebellion. It's an order. Listen. Let me do this so that I can can sit down. Listen to me. It's an order. You need to understand it. Before it was strange. Now it is the norm. It's because Satan has sat upon the, I don't like to use words like second heavens. Do you understand? They, are, they will just add to your confusion. The next word in my heart is spiritosphere. <laughs> and it's worse than the second heaven. So. <laughs> Good. Satan has sat upon the airwaves and has changed what the normal rational thinking is. And how does he change it? He changes it by supplying knowledge that is in rebellion to Christ. And he sells that knowledge in diverse ways. But entertainment is one of the most common ways of selling that kind of knowledge. Actually, let me tell you the literal meaning of entertainment. It is the temporary season of your ability to think. Do you understand? So when you say this is entertaining, what it means is I have broken the boundaries of my thought. And I'm permitting things to enter without checking them. That's what entertainment is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, we were talking with my friend Olumde Inu two nights ago. He said to me, when they first brought the gay agenda in movies, and I noticed it, you know, it was as you're saying it, I noticed it. When they first brought the gay agenda in movies, everybody fought it. What kind of rubbish is that? How can you? What can, how can you sell that? You know what they did? What they suddenly did was that every gay character became a comedy character. So they sold gay characters as comedy characters. And so what happens? Why is it comedy? It's comedy because you are laughing. Are you following me? Even if you watch Nigeria's Night of a Thousand Laughs, they are talking about pants and booties and boobs and all of that. And as they are talking about it, you are more concerned about the fact that it's funny than you are concerned about the fact that it doesn't have value. So even those of us who are most spiritual lose our boundaries. And I say when the pastor was collecting offering, then he lifted up one of the offerings. He now saw that it was the pant of the girl he was with. He did not.
So what entertainment does is it brings a subtle taking away of the barrier so that there's no boundary anymore. Do you understand? That's what entertainment is. So one of the ways that Satan is changing culture very quickly is what you call entertainment. So, barely 30, 40 years ago, when our fathers met our mothers, when our mothers were in love, they ran away. Now, if we love the guy, we pose. What's happening? Culture is changing. Something is changing in the air. And it is now being sold as normal. Like it is sold as normal for any two people who are in a relationship, no matter how casual, to just expect to have sex. It's, it's just normal. It's just normal. One day, I look at Kempia's eye, I'll confuse you. Look at my eyes, she's just confused. She can't turn and look at me now. She's just thinking, how about man of God? Take your time. It's, don't do this to me. Is anybody with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? I want to read scripture. But what I want to first do is I want to plant the superiority of the wisdom of God in your heart. Because if you don't accept the superiority of the wisdom of God, it's difficult for you to pull down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because, Kaslan, what's the what's the rationale? If I love her and she loves me, our bodies will do something. Why we why should we wait till tomorrow for something we can get today? Does it make sense? Kempia, do you love me? Well, I me too, I love you too. And it is natural because we love each other. There's going to be strategic misbehavior. And then let's start from one finger. We are working with one finger. Two fingers. Three fingers. Four fingers. Before you know it, how some man say, if guys were, don't pass, we will handle. You don't turn, father. That's why. Right. If greeting, if this greeting handshake has passed, my sister is fight. No, be behaving like you don't know what I just said. Oh. Are you following me? And we get to that place where, listen, listen. Satan is a professional perverter. The only person you are supposed to be that loose with is the Holy Spirit. And amazingly, when people enter an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, that's when they become calculative. Why is that one dancing like that? Hey, see, even their pastor is jumping. What kind of misbehavior is this? I'm a gentleman. But when it gets to the places where your boundaries are supposed to be in place. The reason is because if you are not loosed before the spirit, you'll be loosed before something else. That's how you were wired. That's the reason why. Let me give you a strategic sexual advice. One of the things you is you need a dose of the Holy Ghost from time to time. And when you come before the presence of the spirit, forget who you are. A 
am the senior pastor of this church. But I think that I might also compete for the worst misbehavior in the atmosphere of the spirit in this church. Because I'm seeing people who are younger than me. They are still <laughs> celebrate Jesus. Is it your mate? Who is Jesus I celebrating like that? Because you can't lose yourself in God's presence. You will find somewhere else where you will lose yourself. Are you following? So when you hear, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit is Lord, there is liberty. What is, listen, when you hear where the spirit of the Lord is, it simply means where the spirit is Lord. Are you following me? That means when you enter a place, the first thing you want to check is, who is Lord here? The moment it is the Holy Spirit that is Lord there, lose your boundaries. There, that is where you have liberty. When you enter an atmosphere of a room and you just met a girl and the atmosphere is getting tense and everywhere is beginning to become like, what you want to check is, who is Lord here? That atmosphere that causes you and the girl to misbehave. Who is Lord over it? If it's not the Holy Spirit that is Lord over it, then you know this is not an atmosphere of liberty. It must be a tensed atmosphere for you. And if any atmosphere is tensed, my brother, flee that atmosphere. Do you understand where Paul got his advice, flee youthful lust from? It's simple. The moment it is lost in the atmosphere, you can tell God is not in charge. And you can't stay under that kind of cloud and expect to glorify God. Do you understand it? Come on, saints. Do you understand it? If the cloud is tensed, innocent, that's not the time to speak in tongues. Especially because the tension got to you. Because you know the tension is in the atmosphere. If the tension is getting to her and it is not getting to you, it means she's under a different cloud from you. That means you, the spirit, is still Lord over you. Her lost is a cloud over her. Then in that state, you can rebuke her cloud and send your cloud to Washadu. That's a different circumstance. But when two of you are under the same cloud, Are you following? As simple as this particular principle I'm teaching is, too many people have been in between life and death because of the absence of the knowledge of it. You don't know when it is time to get up and walk away. Are you following me? So, we enter into church on Sunday and the power of the Holy Ghost is everywhere. Two Sundays ago, that's my last service here, before this one. Two Sundays ago, we were here. We began to pray. And the power of God was falling. I mean, it was an hour and a half later. I got up here and I told them, stack up the chairs. I saw some people, young people. They walked into the place and they saw the chairs stacked. And everybody was mad. People, that's what you found. That's what the average person was doing. Or you found somebody on the ground praying. And they still entered with one observatory spirit. That kind is this why she has stacked up everywhere you should be angry that prayer had gone that far and you are just arriving 
the real place to find liberty. I don't even support you coming to church with what you have to adjust. I mean on Sunday. Any day, if it's church you are coming to, come ready for misbehavior. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you know the spirit can take charge of the atmosphere. Some of you feel like dancing, but you are too conscious of yourself. Because you are conscious of yourself before the Lord, you will soon be before one boy and lose consciousness of yourself. Freke, my friend Freke wrote a song. Freke said, I cannot bow before you and bow before a man. No, it was a spiritual principle Freke was writing. I can't cry before God. Then a man says to me, your life is sinister. Then I sit down and cry. Fresh water and bitter water can't flow out of the same fountain. I couldn't have cried before. Ask my wife. I wish she was here tonight. I said it before in church. We went. We sat down with my, you know, my family, my biological family. We, we were eating. And the wives were discussing. And then my brother's wives were saying, oh God, as strong as these guys look, when things worry them, they cry. My wife, they were shocked to hear my wife saying, I've never seen my husband cry. It's 11 years. Cry for what? But we, when they came for World and Worship Conference, what was that Nathaniel Vasi song that we were singing that day? It's a Nathaniel Vasi song. Eh? Not take the stage. Just a Nathaniel. Eh? Eh? There's a Nathaniel Vasi song. No. That's Elijah or Eladi. Eh? Not Esther. Esther is not Nathaniel Vasi now. Nathaniel Vasi now. Ah. I can't hear you. No. No. Eh? Let me hear you. Eh? No, not like the life myself. Eh? Not okay. You poor, leave it. It's in Nathaniel Bassi song. It's in the album before revival. Revival. Not only share you know. He wrote to Nishai Yanu in my concert, so I will have remember. No, okay. Forget it. You've got times and seasons in your hands. Who said it? You didn't say it now. You're singing to me. How will I know? You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for arguments. You were God. It was Pastor who started singing it. The moment he started singing it, tears were welling. I have never tried to control tears in God's presence. For what? That's not where to control it. That's where to release it. My emotions flow freely when I'm in God's presence. If I want to shout, they no burn you. You can't stop me. Even if I'm sitting in a cooking international convention. If you say something that I want, there no point you outside. You hear me? Hey! Hallelujah! Some of you, that's why the word of God does not register in you. You're not excited about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you hear certain things, you should say an amen. Hey, amen. Amen. Woo. Woo. Do you understand? 
If not, you will soon be smoking cocaine. You must be high on something. Oh God. I wish somebody knows what I'm talking about. You don't know the kind of high I get when the word is just right. When the word is right, I just feel like I'm on top of the world. Like I'm walking on blue skies, man. And the guy just says, you know, in the beginning, when God declared and he called forth for light out of darkness, it was the darkness that produced the light. When I hear that, yeah! Hey! Hey! Some of you are very holy. No, no. Is there any one of you that it is to enter you like it enters me? See, you pretenders. So why are you not shouting? following me I said, are you following me that's actually the liberty that comes with the presence of god because you know the spirit that is in charge of the atmosphere you can now release yourself and it's a law you must carry everywhere it keeps you safe sexually the moment you enter a place 1994 I shared this story everywhere. As a secondary school, in FGC, just yeah, the man was preaching. Then he was reading the story in Daniel chapter two, that Nebuchadnezzar said, "If you hear the sound of the harp, the lyre, the zither, the flute, and every instrument of music, you would bow down and worship the God that Nebuchadnezzar has made." I was sitting there in that service when the Holy Spirit said to me. It then means every sound of music is a call to worship. You know what? I closed from that service, went to my room. I had everything secular. Sabaranks, all, what was there? UB40. I used to, I used to mime red dress. Lady with the red dress on, I want to be on my... Maybe we don't like that Take you into my world. You, do you understand? I used to mind those songs. Somewhere in my mind, I used to believe that I was going to sing raga. I learned, I was learning patois already. I went to my room. That time it was cassette. Every single cassette I had that did not glorify Jesus. I sat down and I broke it with my hand. From that day till today, I have never bought any music that creates a strange environment around me. The reason is because the spirit in charge of the atmosphere will soon take charge of your body. Oh yeah, make you shake up your bum bum. Shake up your... When you listen to shake up your bum bum, very soon you will be wanting to see shaking bum bums. I mean, I fought secular music to a point where if I love the song, I just hate it. I get angry. I thought I was the only one. Until one day we were in Zaria. We went somewhere and we packed. Then one godforsaken shop in the opposite direction just decided that that day the only song they wanted to play was Oh gay, don't make me fall in love. You don't make me fall in love. And they were examining it. Masuga banana. I wanna tell you, my man. I wanna tell you, my mind. Oh, I mean, 
Don't worry, I didn't learn it beyond there. Are you following me? I got back home and I found out every time my wife heard it, she got angry. Then I discovered what had happened. We stayed there for long enough. The song entered her. That's the power of melody. Just like I told you, entertainment breaks your boundary. Melody does the same thing. If they put anything inside melody, you'll be letting some things in because you love the melody, not because you are meditating on the words, but because they have come in. When you lie down in the night, you'll be hearing my sugar banana. Because something broke your boundary and entered. That's why in Proverbs, I'm going to read it. That's why he said to him, in the operation of wisdom, one of the things you must know is guard your heart with all diligence. Listen, the problem of sex is not a body problem. It's a heart problem. As a man in his heart, so is he. It's not a body problem. If you can adjust how you think in your heart. Let me give you one other thinking. Ah, oh, Kempia, I need you to sit down. I thought that people were not going to come home. Now the hall is full. Pastor Josiah, people should arrange seats so, so that nobody sits on the ground. Are you following me? Okay, I think we've still got a few seats there. Listen to me, listen to me. Let me give you a picture that you find throughout the Old Testament. One of the things we need to tear down. Then I'll take you to Proverbs chapter 4 and show you the leap of the strange woman. The Bible says her lips drip honey. <laughs> Is anybody following me? And it's not just strange woman. No. When you see strange woman in the Bible, it's not saying girls are loose. The feminine gender is used to typify spirits. Babylon the great. Then you find a woman upon a horse. It's not saying women's spirits are evil spirits. No, it's simply saying that in the spirit, if you want to connote that which is spirit, you connote it with the feminine gender. Because it is that that has the ability to take that which is from God the Father and translate it into seed and burst it in the earth. That's how some people got into the error of saying, you know, the Holy Spirit is the feminine part of the Godhead. There's no need. There's no need. He does not have gender. It's only simply in the, what it means spiritually is that the Spirit is the one that takes what is in the heart of the Father. He incubates it and he births it. It doesn't mean when you see the Holy Spirit, he will look like a woman. Even in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. That's why there's no record anywhere in the Bible of how the Holy Spirit looks. By the time you get to Revelations, where all perfection comes, he was translated into a river. He flowed from the throne of God. So there's no substance, even in the spiritual realm, that you can hold on to and say, this is the Holy Spirit. He's a person, but he's not a substance. Are you following? Please, because if you don't get this one, listen, this is how Satan does it. 
one of the places where Satan has killed many of us out there is that he has sold sex so much in the air of our generation that you feel like there's something you are missing when you are not having sex. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Tonight, I will set a boundary between the sexual instinct, which is divine, and the desire for sex that comes out of the atmosphere that says to you, Kai, everybody is doing it. Are you the only one? Yes, somebody is you. You just want to keep your body. You won't even let anybody touch your boobs. Kaidala, are you that holy? No, no, I'm not just that holy. I am holy, covered from my head to my toe. Bought with a price. You will see it. Your body does not belong to you. A man has to collect permission from God to touch it. <laughs> the day you are certain it in your heart, in relationship, self, body is not an option for you. It's not option. No, it's not. Oh, my brother, relationship is talk time. Talk time. Let us talk. Two cannot work together except they be. Yes, so, and from your words, your, the root of your tongue is in your heart. So, if I have to test what is in your heart, I have to hear you speak consistently. So that I can know what are the values that drive you. If the kingdom of God drives you, every time we sit, it's ah, Kempia, sit down, sit down, sit down. Don't, you know, I've just been thinking about the people around Mangu. I'm thinking from that Mangu to that Pushit Axis. All of the villages there. When I was passing it the last time, I saw almost all of their boys holding girls. And I'm thinking they need Jesus. That's what is in the man's heart. When you tap him up in the night, he's just saying to his souls, souls, the nations. If a guy is saying to you every morning, hey, I can't wait for the day. Somebody, hey, this is your eye, Jesus. If I can just remove this, your glass. She's already blushing, you know. It's just an example of her. She's blushing. Does anybody get me? Is anybody getting me? If every time you sit, all that surround your conversation is, hey, did they, eh? You're actually simply saying there's something Jesus is cheating us. If Kai, if not because of this Jesus, eh? Then I'll just tear your clothes. You see something. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Right, come, my baby for the night. She got, she got that last. Are you, is anybody following me? Come on, saints. Is anybody following me? I said there are thoughts we need to bring down. I will read just a few scriptures. And I said to you, this is the first of a two-part teaching series. Because there's the renewed sexuality or the restored sexuality. So that even if you have lost your sexuality, it's possible, do you understand it, to return to the ideal of who God wants you to be. But somebody has to teach you how to get there. You know, we said it. Someone's got to lead you there. As with many of the good things in life. So let me take you to the place I know. 
Let me bring you to the one I love. Would you put your hands in mine? Would you put your hands? We'll sing that song again. Maybe at the end of the service, yeah. Are you following me? I said, if you have a question, start writing to Hear me. So, what Satan does, just like we said with the first one, is to come to you and give you the impression that there is something you are missing. Hey! This sex is the end of the world. The day you can have this sex. And I won't lie to you, sex is sweet. It's in the Bible, we read it. Beautiful thing. The only thing is, let me say it so that you can understand it. The design of God is that I said to you, the body is the last thing that should be joined. We first must agree in our hearts. When we agree in our hearts, then we can agree in our ways. When we agree in our ways, then we can stand and then you'll be able to look at him and say, you are a worthy man. I will give you my body. Then he will look at you too and say, you are a worthy girl. I will give you my body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, that's the place where you now hit covenant. And marriage is not for two people who have money. It's for two people who agree. I'm soon, about, I'm soon going to join some crazy marriages. Okay, so how much do you need to have to now be ready to marry? You need to have faith in your heart, a vision in your eyes, and determination to see that vision come to pass. If you have the three, you are ready to marry. You are wondering where is a job? What is a job? A job is pursuing the purposes of God as laid in your heart. That's a job. (laughs) Who was Adam working for? Who was paying him salary? Relax, don't worry. But you know, if a guy is not doing something now, it also reveals the state of his heart. So we have to test the heart properly and be sure that you are not lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one girl who had, you know, she had begun to hit the age of desperation, some eight, nine, I oh know, some like 12 years ago, came to me and said to me, oh, she found a guy, but the guy believes that it is worldly to walk. And I said to her, uh, uh, I said, but you, you are walking. She said, yes. And he did not tell you to leave the job. She said yes. And he's encouraging you to continue the job after you marry. She said yes. I say it's a fool. Don't marry him. Fool. Wah, wah. Just in case you thought I made a mistake. That kind dolo dumes does. Dusa. It's a base. Don't marry that kind of nonsense. If a guy is not working presently, it needs to be clear that he's visionary about what he wants to do. 
So you can't weigh a guy's readiness for marriage by what he is doing now. You know, some of us will have never married now. Yeah, now 5,000, I they call it that time. 5K. If my father-in-law had known, he wouldn't have given me his daughter. I'm telling you. When he said to me, what am I doing? I had to make it look very executive. I'm the international admin director of Excellence International Ministries. That's where I was working. I was the admin director. When you hear it, you now be thinking, God, it's one big office. I was just the typist. <laughs> I was typing their letter and taking it where it needs to go. But the designation is I was admin He looked at me with one suspicious eye of, oh, are you sure you're not playing me? I was almost saying to him, if you want, I can go and bring my employment letter. I forgot that the employment letter has 5,000 written there as well. If you had asked me to bring it, I'll use TPEX to close the salary. Are you following me? Are we doing badly today? Why not? Many of your parents know. They just won't tell you the truth. Nobody ever busts into favor until he finds a wife. That's God's desire. You can't change it. You want to obtain the kind of favor that you will even be proud. You will soon be looking at the girl and saying, I made you. Because she came into a house and a car. You know, many of us, let me tell you, as guys, we want to have one good car first. So that when we carry you, we can put on the AC. Yeah, baby, are you all right? Yeah, push the seat back or that. Like, then stretch your legs. Yeah, just, Kija, uh, one hand glove, that glove compartment, open it. There's a bottle of Fanta there. It's cold. My God, does anyone know what I talk about? It looks like I've got a few witnesses in this church. Mary, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? And when he gives you that cold Fanta, you just stretch your back. <laughs> Baby, which is our man grill, sir? <laughs> Listen to me. God designed for us to work together. Because two is better than one. They have a better reward for their labor. Don't marry a man who is not willing to work. But don't marry a man because he's working. Can you sit down, sit down, sit down. So that you can write too. I know you like to write. Is anybody with me tonight? I said, is anybody with me tonight? So, how do you know the difference between a man who is willing to work and a man who is working? That's the reason why. You must spend relationship time talking. One day the Holy Spirit taught me simple wisdom. He said people talk when they are supposed to be loving. Because they spent the time they were supposed to be talking. Loving. If every time we see ourselves right now, we cannot keep our hands away from ourselves. Okay, let me not use you. I don't know you. Before you don't shout blood of Jesus here. <laughs> You know, every time I say, okay, okay, 
cry. Anytime I see you, there's a way my heart goes jiggy, 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 bam, bam. Giz, giz. Who is that? Ima? Ima, I thought you were born again. Anytime you hold that guitar, I used to think that heaven that is coming down. So it's because your heart is in giz, giz. That's why you play like that. Is anybody following me? Come on, saints. Is anyone following me? <laughs> because we spend the time we're supposed to be talking, just loving and playing around our bodies, you will soon break the boundaries. Are you following me? The moment those boundaries are broken, when you enter into marriage, then you suddenly discover that you didn't even know what the governing mentality is. <laughs> How is he thinking? What does he want to do for God and God's kingdom? How does he want to live? Is he a traditionalist? Some of you don't know. You just married one boy who is coming from shrine. Because anytime you say hallelujah, he says amen. It's because he's looking for something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anytime you say hallelujah, he says amen. Because you really didn't have solid conversations. You could not, you can't be deep in spiritual things and listen to a guy and cannot tell how deep he is. The same way, you can't be deep as a guy and listen to a girl and not be able to tell how deep she is. You would simply wake up telling that girl is not deep. The problem is because generationally, Jennifer, we have been taught to be desperate around relationships. People are, are, are willing to manage the things that should not be managed. I'll give you the order tonight. Then we'll read those scriptures because I promised you we'll read the scriptures. Yeah? There are some things you should not manage. Let me tell you something. In the order of the priorities of your life, Ella, marriage is not first. Ministry is first. And by ministry, I don't mean fivefold. I mean your calling is first. So whoever is coming to marry you must be first committed to your calling than they are committed to reaching your body. So one of the things to check if you enter a relationship is how excited he is about what you believe God wants you to do. How much is he contributing to it? He doesn't have to be involved in it. I don't believe that every pastor's wife should be a pastor. I don't even believe that every female pastor, her husband must be a pastor. I got a friend in Lagos. Wonderful woman of God. Her husband, I call him oil and gas. We were together just yesterday. I don't like him. I said, it looks like I will resign this ministry. Come join you for oil and gas. He said, Pastor Shintok, I want to leave this day and join you. So we laugh. He knows I'm joking. You can't, there's nothing you can give me to take this thing from me. Forget about it. Even Satan knows he has given up. I mean, that he will bring something now and say, stop doing ministry. Let me show you a better way. A better way to what? I wasn't looking for money when I entered ministry. I was not. So the only thing he can use now is to say, okay, come, let me show you something that will give you more money. So if I was looking for money, I would have been distracted. I wasn't looking for money. Lately, now I've been looking at God. I'm telling you, you have done me too much. I wasn't thinking I was going to be this big. I only wanted to take your word. 
These are the natural dividends. That's when you hear, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. I'm flying business class now all over the place. I'm meeting all the big people you see on network news. And most of the tickets, I didn't buy them. You understand? And then somebody says, hey, Baba. Hey, my days of riding in low places. Baba, airplane. Put me in an airplane. One day I saw plane. I was angry. Do I have to fly again? Airplane is no longer luxury. It's work. When you are landing in a city and going straight into a meeting, you can't be thinking I'm sitting in business class. It's a useless waste of time. So I told them in Elisa. I said, very soon, I will have a private. If you talk about your mouth with tears. I said, because when we have to shuttle in between nations, if I've got a morning meeting in Gambia and a, an evening meeting in Liberia, how do you want me to do it? Go to the airport and wait, then they'll cancel the flight. For what? It's either we are carrying Philip Airways or we are entering our own jets and determining our own times. That one is no longer a luxury. It's not class, it's work. It's work. Are you following me? God is teaching me how to be just bastardly frivolous just to win one soul. Heaven can spend all of its resources to reach one man. People will waste their entire lives sitting down and thinking, hey, when will I arrive at? You don't have a business there. Marriage is not your first priority piece. Your first priority is, Lord, show me the way to go. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Many of you marry the wrong people because you are too conscious of who to marry. You know why? If you follow where God wants you to follow, it will now become his responsibility to plant the man in your way. Somebody said to me, I have to reduce the way I come to church recently because really some people just gave me advice. And the advice is that I can't be going to church every time and expect to find my husband there. Moreover, all the people in that church are not my age mates. No, no. So she walks into church and the first thing she's doing is she's gauging the age of the boys in church because she's wondering if there's any boy in this church who can ask me out? And then this kind of our church, where if the pastor is around, he can fix service Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he expects everybody to be around. Okay, so if I keep coming now, when will I go to re-interactions where I can meet the people that are in the class that can marry? So you even have a class that can marry you. You are finished calculating your life. You can't do what the divine is supposed to do for you. There are certain things that are left to God and you must leave it in his hand. Because you can't claim to have faith and try to work out your life. The two, they don't go together. Is anybody following me? So the person said they wanted to leave church. Well, you know what I did? I said, yes, it's true. Actually, all the boys here, very small, small boys. I can't, nobody can help you here, so go to where you can find help. Abi? You will soon marry Kura. The reason is because I'm going to let me let me arrange the order for you and then we'll read those scriptures. We have to read them. Let me arrange the order for you. I said your ministry comes first. 
Right? You would hear Paul writing and saying that it is better for a man to be single because if a man is single, he can focus on the things of God. Now, it sounds like Paul negated what God said in the beginning. For it is not good for a man to be alone. Now, it is important that you understand that what God said is better than what Paul said. But what Paul said was said within a context. Are you following me? Uh So it is always better for a man to be married. Because in being married, you have a better reward for your labor. Are you following me? Uh, But the Bible says that, see, okay, come. Come, be my second darling. Josiah, stand up. Lift up that book in your hand. Uh, lift it up properly. Uh, just put it straight so that we can see the book. Hold it straight. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Now, okay. where do you want to go to? She says, I want to hit that book. I say, ah! That's actually where I want to go to. I want to hit that book. Now, notice that if two of us are traveling, the target is not each other. So, let's take two steps. Then do like you want to fail. You want to fail? Okay, see the book. Do you understand? And then we'll take two steps. Then me, I want to fail. Then, the common goal becomes the strengthener for our relationship. If we get overwhelmed with ourselves, look at me. If we get overwhelmed with ourselves, eh, eh, forget this book. You are the best thing that happened to me. You will soon be tired of the best thing. Because when I finish touching your cheek, then I'll touch your nose. Then I'll touch your forehead. Then I'll remove your glass. Then I'll fix it back. Then I'll touch your hair. There will soon be nothing to touch. Then you now be thinking, is there nothing more? Is that all about the marriage? Then you hear that somebody married six months ago and they are divorcing. And we're not thinking if the world has it figured out, the divorce rates should not be rising, they should be falling. Because people now make love an end in itself. Hey, I have found her. I found her. She's the love of my life. Oh, I found her. Then said to the other guy, he says, can, can, can I forget about it, Lani? I've just found her. Is her an end? Two are better than one because they have a better reward for their labor. It then means what you're supposed to be looking for is spur one another to love and good works. I'm telling you what to do during relationships. It's the absence of doing this that makes that you are looking for your bodies to touch. How far do you want to go? No, I want to make sure I take that book from Pastor Josiah's hand. That's how far I also want to go. And even if our pathways are different, our ends must be to establish God's kingdom. I love your passion for the kingdom of God. It's more attractive to me than your sharp nose. When that becomes the center, Rose, get up. Listen, I can't, it will now be impossible for me to say, Kai, okay, so I finish with you. Rose, you have one. You too, do you love the kingdom? Let's start another kingdom pursuit. The reason is because the moment the man finds a person who is willing to build, listen to me, listen. Let me, some of you guys, you, you have a sickness you need to be healed from. You measure your importance by how many girls you have conquered. 
It's a spiritual disease. It's a low self-esteem situation. Heal it. Somebody whose heart has been broken just said, tell them. I don't know who it is, so I just said, tell them. Lillian, you know, boys think that their importance is how girls are sleeping for them. That's how they think. They don't know it's a low self-esteem matter. Don't worry, I'm coming to girls. Cool down. Come on, guys. Do I have a few guys here? Do I, do I have my guys in the house? I said, do I have my guys in the house? It's a low self-esteem situation. Heal it. You are not as important as a girl makes you feel. You are as important as what you see in the light of God's eye. If not soon, if a girl says no to you, you will go home and behave like you are about to die. You will now be looking at yourself like, what is wrong with me? There is nothing wrong with you. You are not to marry every girl. You are to marry the girl who will help you meet the God-given target. If you ever part with anybody, don't part because I don't like your nose. If you ever part with anybody, part because let's be sincere to ourselves. We are not going in the same direction. Two cannot work together except they be agreed. You are a wonderful sister and I know I'm a wonderful brother but we're not likely traveling in the same direction. God bless you, my sister. It was a great time meeting you. Every investment I've made in you is not wasted. The man who is coming to take you, he will inherit that investment. And I know that there's a covenant with God. Whatsoever I have sown, I will reap. So as I took care of you, God must have raised somebody else. So be careful not the girls you are in a relationship with. Because Satan can also raise somebody else. I wish you heard me. That, sorry, sir. Thank you. Do, does anybody? The moment you realize it, that it is a low self-esteem issue, Pastor Sephas, what's the natural thing to do? You will enter God's presence and say, Lord, heal me. I have an over-exaggerated opinion of myself. Ella, can I surprise you? Even those of us who are married as men still suffer it. Yeah, I have to silence that. I, chin talk, have to silence that devil a number of times. You enter a place and you suddenly feel like every girl is stripping for you. It's a low self-esteem situation. I'm not who you say I am. I'm who God says I am. You might not like my ministry. But if it is the Lord who has called me, he that has called me will justify me. And he that justifies me will glorify me. Relax. Cool down. Brothers, cool down for Jesus. Is anybody hearing? It's part of the reasons why you are jumping from one place to another. I'll tell you the next reason why they are jumping. It's because there's nothing else left here. I've taught everything, seen everything, been there, done that. Now I'm suddenly thinking, my eye is catching that. Let me tell you something. If a guy cannot discipline himself with you, he cannot discipline himself when he has married you. 
Marriage is a familiar bed. That's why it is family you raise in marriage. It becomes a familiar bed. One day, there is nothing about you. I mean, come on. Do you think that if my wife was now dressed, she would not tell me, please excuse me. Okay, what is there? Dress up, Dress. Dress up. Are you following? It's a familiar bed. But the same way breaking her mystery was sweet. You can walk into a place and suddenly look at Magdalene and be thinking, what does it, how does it feel to break her mystery? So certain boys make it their responsibility to break the mystery of everything. It's a low self-esteem situation. Really, when you find a guy like that, there is no target to live for. Because if a guy is targeted, okay, you are coming from there. I'm coming from here. We met here. Do you understand me? I'm, the meeting is not supposed to constitute slowdown for me. Are you following me? So I'm going to be asking you in a hurry. Are you willing to go? Do you want to go? That thing is going to save lives. It will change the destiny of nations. Some of you don't know how great your destiny is. That's why you're wasting your life. If you knew that the, the entire culture of a next generation is going to be built by you. You can't be sitting down here around self-pity. The moment you say to her, are you willing to go? And she says no. You are saying, God bless you. And then you take two steps. Then you meet Rose. Come, come. Rose, are you willing to go? That's the place. The moment she says yes, what are you doing? So what are your cultures? What are the things that govern you? Why are you hurrying her up? Because the matter of the king requires haste. The fulfilling of destiny requires haste. So I'm not hurrying you because you must say yes now or never. I'm hurrying you because this in itself is not an end. So listen to me. Sex is grace given by God to bond people in a journey to a common destiny. Oh God. So what does sex do? Sit down, Rose. Actually, the more we join our bodies, that's what, when we read 1 Corinthians 6 down, that's what you're going to be seeing. The more we join our bodies, the more we are becoming one. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that the things that pertain to you, now pertain to me. Pastor Josiah, please stand again. The things that pertain to you, now pertain to me. The things that concern you, they now concern me. The things that have to do with your strength are the things that I am supplying for. Because... The more we bond our bodies, the more we feel responsible for each other. So I can wake up every day checking out how far have you gone. Just like you are waking up every day checking out how far have I gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sex is grace given by God in marriage for two people who have got to run in a common destiny. It now becomes the reason why, that's why God made it sweet. If you ask me sincerely, there is no physical, natural experience deeper and sweeter than sex. That's why Satan sells it on TV. Why is he selling it? He's selling it because he wants to say to you, see how sweet this thing is and God is denying you. Then you will now yoke up. Let me, before we get to renewed sexuality, I have now yoked up with Okbe and then I have kept Okbe. Come somebody. Then I yoked up with Sumari. Then we have become one flesh. Then I'm tired. Now notice, when I come to Sumari, I am comparing Sumari 
we talk about and no two sexual experiences are the same no so when you compare i'm already teaching renewed sexuality i'll come there when you compare Sumari with Okpe, you suddenly be discovering, ah, there was something in Okpe that I miss. Then you come back and think of loving Okpe. She has moved on. Then you will come back and you are not satisfied. Then you move on to Rose. Come, come, come. Then you move on to Rose. Then now, Rose, okay, Kai, it feels like she's a combination of the two. Because every breaking of the mantra is an excitement. It's like a discovery. Until two, three weeks later, then I discovered there's an aspect of the experience with Sumari. And there is no way you can settle down enough to face your destiny in God because everything is eating you up. So you are torn. That's why the Bible calls it a soul tie. You now have a part of your soul here, a part of your soul here, and a part of your soul here. To gather your soul together and run. And the Bible says if your eye is single, your body will be full of light. That's where the power of vision is. But if your eye is multiple, then if the light that be in you be darkness, cross. So suddenly you are living in gross darkness. Then you wake up and discover you cannot stay with one vision. Abaka raised one book there. Somebody else behind there raised one book there. Somebody else raised one book there. Somebody raised a book now, raise a book. And good, thank you. Leave them like this. So suddenly, I'm looking. Just the same way my soul is turned. I'm looking at that vision, and that vision, and that vision, and that vision. And I'm suddenly not knowing in what direction to go. Because I have taught my soul to live multiple. People think that fornication only has an implication of sweet body. No, it has the power to break your vision. And you will never be able to focus enough to fulfill anyone. Because you have exercised your soul. In depositing itself in different places. That's why we keep virginity. That's why we cherish it. That's why in almost every ancient African culture, your gift on the wedding night is the blood-stained sheet. It's simple. When that mantra is broken, that's the reason why. Have you noticed that the past generation has these focused fathers? They had more focused mothers. The reason was because the mothers were most times faithful to one man. So they could keep the power of a vision. They could raise their children, pour their lives there. The fathers were mostly unfaithful. And because they had hit two, three, four, five, six women, it was difficult for them to gather themselves together and be anything. That's why we had absentee fathers in the previous generation. Guys, that's why I provoke you today. Rise up to the challenge and keep the faithfulness of God. Because you will suddenly become the father your children were looking for. Many of you cannot refer to your fathers the way you refer to your mothers. I was preaching in a men's meeting in Lagos and I said to them, Jacob suffered the many things he suffered because he was raised by his mother. He was Rebecca's son. Isaac was investing his life on Esau. And Esau was profane. Rebekah was investing on Jacob. 
she didn't know the way she was not taught the way she was also taken from a pagan country like god called abraham out abraham had taught isaac it was isaac's work to teach her and while she was learning she wasn't professional at it that's the reason why she taught jacob how to scheme it was what she knew from the country she was coming from she had not learned the covenant of god she had not learned rest so jacob learned his mother and lived an entire life struggling until god damaged his hip and brought him back to his senses from that point on, onward jacob entered into rest so even when they said to him joseph was gone and they gave him the cloth how can you give a conny man the cloth of his son and he didn't trace you he has arrived at rest be still my soul god knows your ways and he will guide for his name's sake plunge in the rivers of his grace rest in the arms of his embrace be still, my child. I know your ways. And I will guide for my name's sake. Plunge in the river of my grace. Rest in the earth. Of my embrace. Be still my child. I know your ways. And I will guide. For my name's sake. Plunge in the reverse of my grace. Rest in the arms of my embrace. Be still, my child. I know your ways. And I will guide for my name's sake. Plunge in the of my grace rest in the arms of my embrace you know why because you will always be a child in my eyes and when you need some love my arms are open wide And even when you're growing old, I hope you realize that you will always be a child in my eyes. You will always be a child in my eyes. 
when you need some love, my arms are open wide. Son, even when you're growing old, I hope you realize that you will always be a child in my eyes. be a child in my eyes when you need some love my arms are open wide and even when you're growing old I hope you realize that you will always be a child child in my eyes when you need some love you need some love my arms are open wide and even when you're growing old I hope you realize that you will always be a child in my eyes when you're growing old, I hope you realize you will always, always be a child in my heart. Say, even when I'm growing old, say, even when I'm growing old, I'll always realize that I will always be a child in your eyes. One more time. Even when I'm growing old, say, I'll always realize that I will always be a child in your eyes. Listen to me. When we come to speak about the restoration of true sexuality, for those of you who have, you know, have a taste, you have had a taste. One of the things that will restore you is the true knowledge of the love of the Father. But tonight is, I'm provoking the guides. We have lived in generations without fathers. The restoration of true fatherhood has to return. And you see this duplicity of sexuality, especially with men, because societally it has less effect on men. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, people consider you a strong guy because you are not people. What you didn't know was that you were breaking your focus. And you would wake up one day and the ability to focus is gone from you because your soul is split in too many directions. Sit down, girls. Thank you. I think I have to read those scriptures now so we don't spend the whole night. Was anybody blessed hearing those things? Were you blessed hearing them? It's very important. You must pull down every stronghold. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3. You must pull down every stronghold and every thought that exalts itself above and against the knowledge of Christ. It means that Satan 
selling thoughts. He's selling mentalities. And he's really trying to make you feel that there's something you are losing by staying with the God pattern of thought. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Next verse. For the weapons of our warfare are what? They are not carnal. That means we don't war naturally. We don't fight physically. But even though we're not fighting physically, the weapons we are using are mighty through God. What are they mighty to do? Pull down strongholds. What kind of strongholds? Casting down what? Help me. What's the first thing you need to cast down? If you have to keep your sexuality pure, you have to be able to guard your heart and decide what you imagine. Let me say something to you. I was going to say that in Proverbs chapter 4, but it's important that we say it now. Let me tell you the truth. One of the greatest gifts of God to a man is the sanctuary of his thought, but it can also be the basis for your destruction. When we say the sanctuary of your thought, we are simply saying what you are thinking in your heart, nobody knows. You can kill somebody in your heart. Actually, your true space to repent is how long it takes to deal with it within the sanctuary of your heart. So God gave you the sanctuary of your heart so that if an evil thing is beginning to take root, if you are still in charge of your heart, you can decide from the thought level, this is evil. Then you bring it down. Oh God. Whatever you have not won at the thought level will soon overcome you. Is anybody following me? Is anybody following If you did not win the war, so let me tell you how Satan wins many believers. We enter into vain imaginations. And because nobody else is seeing what we are imagining, we are at home imagining it. Oh God. So Satan now convinces you. If you can't get it naturally, somehow now, that's the reason why when you have an opportunity, you will now start to give yourself to pornography. Have you ever seen anybody watching pornography in the company of another believer? I said, my brother, I have something for us to watch together. I like this site. The reason why we don't do it in the company of another believer is because suddenly the sanctity of the sanctuary of our thoughts is desecrated the moment another eye can see where we are. But you see, this is Satan's real strategy. That he takes over the sanctuary of your thought. Because if he can take over the sanctuary of your thought, you will soon be manifesting that which you have thought consistently. So he gives you the feeling like you are safe. You understand? Somebody, when you are hugging pillow in the night, nobody is there. But you are not asking yourself, is this thought godly? Oh God. Is anybody following me? Is anybody following me? So once you have that sanctuary, Exodus, of your thought. That's where your warfare happens. So, now me. When scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence, it means no thought should fly in your heart unchecked. So, one question every believer asks consistently is, where is this coming from? Who is in charge of this thought? If not, you will be kissing the girl in your thought. Hi. <laughs> that last if I body. Grand shape. That shape look when the cloth is gone. That's how powerful your imagination is. You can live an entire experience in the imaginative realm. The moment Satan has grabbed you there, you will soon manifest it. 
So really, the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, let me tell you what it means. Okay, come. You have been my babe for the night. So come, come. Try to hold me like you want me. No, no. This is physical warfare. We never have to reach here. Because if I had won it from my thought and I pulled down and cast down that imagination, if she tries to come, the reason is I have settled in my imagination what the implication is. And I understand that even you, I'm not doing you good if I respond to you. But because we have it. Have you ever read the scripture in Romans chapter 12 verse 2? The Bible says, it said, do not conform any longer to the... That means what happens is Satan takes away your ability to think and gives you a pattern of thought. And that pattern of thought is common. And the problem with that pattern of thought is you believe that everybody is living like that. So you are just thinking according to a pattern. The day you take charge of your thought, stop the flow of that pattern and decide the sanctuary in the sanctuary of my heart, you, oh God, are holy. No, no. Do you understand? So that you are holy is not a declaration in your lips. In the sanctuary of my thought, anything that will cause me to think of you as any lower than you are, I bind it from my thought. So that in the sanctuary of my thought, you are holy. In my natural life, I will be holy. Listen to me. That's why Peter said, for you will be holy to me, for I am holy. He's not saying you must be holy like I am holy. That's not what he's saying. If you sanctify me as holy in your heart, you will leave out my holiness. But because many people have the sanctuary of thought where they can misbehave there and still come in and say, Bless you. And if they say to them, Michelle, Ah, see that brother, he just fell into fornication. They're thinking, What? In this church? After all the word we are hearing, you are already there. You are there. We are just waiting for your own manifestation too. That's the reason why anybody who has found grace, if you ever struggled in the sanctuary of your thought and God gave you victory, you will be compassionate towards the fallen. Because you will know how strong the grip of that thought is. Does anybody know how strong that grip is? Don't pretend on me right now. I said, do you know how strong the grip of that thought is? When that thought comes, it feels like if you don't fulfill it, you will die. That's the place of your real warfare. Weapons of our We don't wait until manifest. Because anything that comes to the manifestation is a product of thoughts that you have embraced and you have been at home with. the Bible tells you how to pull down strongholds. He said, number one, you cast down what? Imaginations. Number two, what does he do? And every that does what? Against what? Notice that what it is confronting is the knowledge of God. Oh God, thou knowest not how sweet it is for a baby. Oh yet. Does the Lord know how sweet it is for a baby? Come, come, baby. Oh God. Lord, 
can you behold how fine this girl is? Oh, Father, can you see her brown hair? Lord, check out her eyes. Lord, see her fine skin, even without hearing, ever beautiful. Oh, Lord, how does thou say I shall not touch? Have you not given us freely all things to enjoy? My God, you are beautiful in all your creation. I worship you for this creation of yours. I know sometimes you can sprinkle some spiritists around it. But what that knowledge is doing is it is rising against the knowledge of God. You must understand that God's knowledge is superior to every kind of knowledge. And when he says thou shalt not, he wasn't commanding to constrain. He was commanding for your own good. The moment you arrive at the knowledge that every thou shall not, thank you, darling. The moment you arrive at the thought that every thou shall not was not a commandment to constrain you, it was a commandment for your own good. The moment you arrive there, everything that comes up against thou shall not, I said, in the sanctuary of your thought, you will pull it down. Simply put, if it begins to become a manifestation, it's because you were first at home with it. In your thought, I think it all. Iman no go future farm for life. It's like me and all those dreams of eating. And I say that if they bring you food in the night, you should not eat it. Chicken that I was looking for in the afternoon, I didn't get. And I'll bring it tonight for what? I sit down and quaff it. And they come together. The Bible says, What do you do to those thoughts? The knowledge. What do you do it? No, no. What do you do with them? You bring them into what? To captivity of who? That means you will talk to yourself until you believe that which Christ has said. Listen to our conquering story in Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says he led captivity captive. That means what is supposed to be holding you captive, you can put it under captivity. So the Bible now says that thought that came to make you a captive to your flesh, that thought, you can make that captivity a captive. It's according to the pattern of Christ. The Bible says when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts. Next verse, verse 6. Verse 6 and 7 to bless you. Okay, sit down. And having what? To do what? That means you cannot begin to arrest disobedience in the natural when your own obedience is not complete. And the completion of your obedience is not in action. A man can be dead in the heart and look holy on the outside. Those were the kind of Pharisees that Jesus dealt with. So he called them whitewashed sepulchers. What does that mean? A sepulcher is actually a grave. What it means is we decorate a grave outside very beautifully. But inside it is dead bones. It's things rotting. Worms. So he said that's what the Pharisees are. They find a way to arrange themselves naturally. But if you enter into the sanctity or the sanctuary of their thoughts, the kind of things you find there are worms and decay. And the church is quickly getting back there. People take the pulpit and use microphone to say things that they are not. So when you see the politics we play in church, 
even an unbeliever vomits outside to think that we can hold such darkness within. It's because Satan threatened you and you permitted it. Listen to me. I used direct to say to you, in your heart, you are the greatest Lord there. Notice. Nothing. Josiah has not been born to force Derek for him to enter into this place. Balantene gift. Do you understand what I'm saying? Notice. So, Josiah attempt to go up. Derek, push him down. Now, can you see? Why is he keeping him out of his heart? Because anybody who succeeds in climbing here will soon be Lord over Derek and will tell Derek what to do and Derek will not have an option. So, it then means, keep your heart with all diligence means any thought that is approaching your heart, you first scrutinize it. What thought are you? Where are you coming from? Let me tell you something. Even God will not invade your heart without your permission. So when the Holy Spirit brings you the thoughts of godliness, he brings it to you first as a suggestion. But because you are under the lordship of the Spirit, the moment you smell the scent of his presence, oh God, when we did Songs of Solomon chapter 2, you see it. When you smell the sense of his presence, you just bow to his lordship. And then he enters and tells you what to do. Then your life becomes a natural reflection of the purposes of God. But notice, because these things do not have strength against Derek. Right? Can I tell you who is likely going to kill Derek among three of them? His gift. Because when she comes, hold his hand subtly. Aha. He's warming up. Can you see how he's smiling already? The guy's gone. Can you see? Gift, electricity. Is anybody following me? Now, notice he has smiled. Eh, now, take one step up. Just look, be looking into his eyes. Put one of your legs up there. Now, notice he's not seeing her leg going up. Why? That is the deceitful workings of how Satan enters your heart. I just told you, a clean man is not a clean man in his body. A clean man is a clean man in his heart. Because he has warmed up to this thought and he's warming up to this look. She has already put her hands. Now notice, he wants the look a little closer. And for her to get a little closer, before you know it, a thought he already naturally has dominion over begins to control him. Tonight, let me establish with you, you are stronger than that thought. Oh God. Christ has redeemed you and given you the victory over the workings of that fleshly thought. I, I wish somebody was hearing me tonight. Listen, he has raised you up together with him and caused you to sit together with him in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers and every rule and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. 
There is no thought that has dominion over you. The Bible says sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Because you are not under the law. You are under grace. The grace of God makes you mightier than the sin. Because greater is he that is in you. You have got little children. And you have overcome them. I said you have got little children. And you have overcome them. You have got little children and you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Register it. The thought is not stronger than you. If it ever got to you, it lured you to believe that you, you need it. That's why I said to you, you must learn to be drunk under the atmosphere of the spirit. Because you'll be able to tell what you need. There's no way you can say, I need thee every hour. Oh most precious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. Say, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to say I need thee, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Listen to me. There is no way you can hear the voice of your need for Jesus. And suddenly a strange feeling is telling you, you need me. You'll be able to tell, that's not the voice of my shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not hear. That's how to keep yourself clean. Notice we're not giving you ten commandments. We're giving you the rules of the workings of the heart. If you overcome in your heart, when any time it's now rubbing your hand and coming to your eyes, the first thing you want to ask is where is this thought coming from? Who is inspiring this thought? This is not the voice of my shepherd. I arise and I rebuke you, Satan. Get deep here. Jesus. Jesus was speaking and he said, take no thought, say. That means a thought is not yours until you take it. So, if Satan is saying to you, what shall you eat? If you don't receive that thought, you can't begin to say, it's true, what shall I eat? If you answered it from when he say, what shall you eat? I said, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm the father's son. I have the spirit of his son in my heart. It makes me cry, Abba, father. I cry, Abba, father. And if he's my father, then how many of you sons do your children ask you for bread and you give them stones? I need nothing because I lack nothing. God is my father. When you answer that thought from there, you can never be worried. Is anybody with me tonight? Pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute or two. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Take these things in. Take them in. Malo teke bakaru kodoske tena. La prokodoso preke deke bagasan makako prakadia tehina. Rado prokotoskupe. Iyala katie tekeela. 
Some of you need to take dominion over your hearts again. Satan has already crawled in there. He wants to defy your sanctification. Today you have seen him. And when a thief is caught, even if he stole for food, he will restore sevenfold. Tonight, take back the night Satan stole from you. Take back the thoughts Satan stole from you. Take back the space Satan stole from you. Agree that he satisfies. Agree that Jesus is sufficient satisfaction. If you never had sex all of your life, you are satisfied knowing Jesus. If you never had sex all of your life, you are satisfied knowing that he is Lord over your life. Pray tonight, establish the dominion of Jesus over your body. Establish the dominion of Jesus over your heart. Let's take two more minutes and just pray this in. Zatona kapalaka de kekiana radoso prekene bagasana it's the Holy Spirit in charge of this atmosphere. So lose yourself and pray. Don't control yourself. This is the place where you don't control yourself. This is the place to lose yourself. So in the places where you have to control yourself, you will not lose yourself. Come on, keep praying. You satisfy. You are more than life to me. You quench my thirst. By your love, you fill me up. This beauty I see is all I want to be. So I pour my you satisfy you are more than sex to me you quench my thirst by your love you fill me up this beauty I see all I want to be so I pour my time just pray a little further press in press on in press on in mate koroto skata isaleka ya dozo pegene begasana makatea you satisfy you are more than life to me you quench my thirst by your love you beauty I see 
Hallelujah. You know why? Because we have seen where the thief is coming from. And the Bible says when a thief is caught, even if he stole for hunger, he will restore seven times. Tonight I declare a restoration of your lost nights, your lost thoughts, your lost heart, your lost vision, your lost focus. Everything Satan has used your sexuality to steal. I declare its restoration tonight in the name of Jesus. Never again will you have a sleepless night because you have a body that is talking. You will know which devil to silence. And you will know to silence him right early. As we wait for the beautiful day when the Lord's purpose is fulfilled in your life. Please take your seats. Let's finish this teaching. Let's sit down. You guys wait. All right? I want us to finish this teach. And the grace of God is still here. So when the Bible says keep your heart with what? All diligence. It means none of these guys should climb here without you noticing. Because Satan's real strategy is to take your heart without you noticing. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful. Deceitful means it can be in one position and claim to be in a different position. So watch your heart. Next verse. Quickly. We're going on to wait to chapter 5. So you have to 
give me some. Put away from thee what? A fraud mouth and a perverse lips put far from you. That means don't speak evil. Listen to me. Part of the pressure society tries to bring around you, especially your unbelieving friends, is they want you to talk about sex like it's a casual thing. Back in the day, they started with simple songs like, let's talk about sex, baby. And we thought that we were just singing a song. Until sex became, I mean, there's a restoration God is bringing to the female picture. I thought the sisters would say an amen. Suddenly, every girl is sold like a sex slave. So when you are seeing a girl, the first thing you are checking out in her is not the content in her heart or spirit. It's her sexuality. Today, restoration is come. Listen to me, girls. You are not a sex tool. Let nobody use you as one. Rebuke that devil. Keep those conversations far from your mouth. The word sex is supposed to be heavy for you to say. It's just like the F word. I don't understand when I find a believer using the F word. Till today, I can't use it freely. I cannot. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. If you talk about it, there's no way you will do it. Soon the things you are saying in your mouth will seep into your heart. Next verse. He said, let your eyes look what? Keep your vision on where you are going. Let your eyelids do what? Did you ever hear Job say, I made a covenant with? It's part of the things we must learn. Is the discipline of the eyes. You must use your heart to go your eyes. George, I literally don't look at a girl twice. Especially when I feel attracted to her. I mean literally. I'm not talking spiritually or, or figuratively. If I look at you, Catalog, and I'm attracted for any reason, that will be my last look. Because to look again is to look with the heart. Remember. You remember what Solomon had said. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. These particular words I'm saying to you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Because they are life to those who find these words. If you hold these words and make them treasurable life to you and health to your body. Many times we read those kind of scripture and then we stop. And we don't even read the instruction that he was writing after. And then we go around thinking that he's just talking about all scripture. Yes, it is true of all scripture. But there was something Solomon was talking about particularly. You need to sit down and study it. What was he saying if you keep in your heart, Ella? It will be life to you because you have found it to be held for all your flesh. Ponder, he said what? Be careful where you go. Did you notice the things you told to be careful about? The things that enter your heart, be careful of them. The things you look at with your eyes, be careful of them. Be careful where? He said, ponder the part of your feet and let your ways be what? If you step out and you say, I'm going to church, don't let any riffraff drag you to a party. Determine where you are going to. 
Determine the things that are important for you. Next verse. He said, turn not to the right, nor to the left. Remove your foot from what? Notice, what he was simply saying is, what evil will do is to take you away from the path you are walking. So if you take a foot to the left, you are already in evil. If you take a foot to the right, you are already in evil. That's the reason why your spiritual circle must satisfy you. You must never draw more pleasure. Don't ever, I used to make that mistake. I just think I can't, I'm tired of spiritual activity. I need to watch a movie. Sometimes that's the door Satan uses to open. You now suddenly see two people kissing in the movie. Then it will cause you confusion the whole night. What's your business with it? And I'm not saying don't watch movies. I even told them that I was going to teach how to watch movies here, Abby. Yeah, I think I need to teach you. Because you can't watch movies letting them superimpose upon you. You must be watching them and tracing out the, the, the... If I take any movie I have watched and I analyze it for you, and I show you what Satan is trying to sell, you will never watch it. Somebody said to me, if we are watching the movie like this, then the movie is not sweet now. Then I said, eh, it's because there are other things that are sweet. Down at your feet, oh Lord, is the most high. That's sweet. In your presence, Lord, I seek your face. I seek your face. Why? Because there is no higher calling there's no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. Say, I'm a man. At your glory. I'm a man. By your mercy. Oh Lord, I live to worship you. Can you say it one more time? Say, there is no higher calling. to set your affection. Spiritual things must satisfy you. When I'm coming from a service piece, I feel high. So there's no way you can tempt me to go. Go for what? The high I get in a service, Igbo can't give a man. My, my greatest highs is when I'm still my... I said, did you hear what the Lord said in that time? It gives me an exhilarating feeling. Some of you do spiritual activity like work. That's why you can't say what David said. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, then he opened verse 5 and said, my son, attend unto my wisdom and bow your ears to my understanding. Next verse. 
so that you may regard what? Oh God. I must talk about discretion very soon. Because some of you have the Holy Spirit inside. I wonder how you lack discretion on the outside. One of the things the Holy Spirit gives you is discretion. I can't go to a place and they'll be faulting me on the natural things of life. You didn't sit well. You did not. Oh, you didn't honor elders. You didn't know when to stand up. They, those things are discretion. You didn't know when to pack plates. You didn't know who to let serve you. Do you understand? Those things are discretion. They're not eye service. If you are doing it out of eye service, there's no need. But there's no way the Holy Spirit will reside inside of you and not birthing you discretion. And part of discretion is to know <laughs> the part of that girl is lost food. It's discretion. You can't wait until it is happening at you. They say, ah, I thought she was a sister. If you had discretion, you will read the moves 30 hours before. If a guy likes you, girls, you know it. Some of you like the way it scratches you, even though you don't want the relationship. And you can almost tell, he's not looking for me for a godly cause. Then what are you doing there? Your spirit births discretion. When you honor discretion, you know there are sometimes you should not be polite. I discovered that Bible does not teach you uniform behavior. It teaches you appropriate behavior for every situation. There's a time that a slap is appropriate. Bible does not teach you uniform behavior. You know, I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, I have to walk like I'm dumb. It touched you. Brother, I don't like it. Oh. You know, the Bible says you should not fight. Slap. And as I told the girls in this church, as you are slapping him, shout in the name of Jesus. Slap him in the name of the Lord. It will help him come back to his spiritual senses. If he has one, God bless you. Even if he does not have, he will know that you, you have spiritual senses, right? <laughs> Unless you are not given to that kind of thing. Some of you are quiet when you are supposed to talk. Then when you are supposed to cry, me, I can't take this kind of rubbish. Oh. Is it kind of nonsense? Don't make me change thoughts. That's the kind of thing you are supposed to be quiet about. Is what you are talking. The place where you are supposed to talk is lack of discretion. Your life cannot be at stake. Please, you know I said it here before. I don't understand how a girl will tell me she was raped. Well, I don't understand. Shout until your lungs are gone. Let your lungs burst before somebody bursts through you. By the time you shout, let it be that they killed you and had your dead body. I heard pastor say, he said, I told my daughter, he said, before anybody rapes you, make sure you are dead or killed first. By the time you hold that thing, he cannot control and hit it. Before he organizes himself, you have gone far. Don't. I, I didn't come here to raise a set of sweat girls. Don't do it. Let nobody look at you and think you are easy prey. Slap him. I just heard a story from Zaria. I was happy. That a guy wanted to collect a girl's bag and she was walking with a guy. 
They said the guy wrestled. They brought out a knife. They stabbed him. They ran away and left him with the bag. We are diehards. You can't can live in the north and not know how to be discreet. What nonsense. Abdullah, he will block you somewhere. Don't give room to any rubbish. When he comes near you, brother, unbeliever, Satan, tell, I will shout. I will, don't, I will. By the time you do that, he knows you mean it. Take off running, Satan. Ah, he wants to rape me. By the time three people come out, sense went time. Don't give yourself easily to pray. Rubbish. I told you the story of my girl. She looked at the guy. She said, my body, that's what you want to take. The temple of the living God. I come against you. In the... By the time she was saying it, boldness is armed robber. Boldness came upon me inside booth. I came out. When I came out, I discovered that the armed robber that has been robbing us only had cutlass. What wants to kill you is not as strong as what you think. I chased him. He was running away with his cutlass into the bush. I was going to chase him into the bush. That's when the rest of the scared people were coming out of the bush. Hey, no, don't enter. Oh, you don't know what he has inside the bush. When they said it, the fear came back. Now you talk. <laughs> don't worry. That was like 17, 18, no, 14, 15 years ago. Is anybody following me? Don't give yourself easily to pray. Receive discretion right now. In the name of Jesus. He said that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep what? Knowledge. Next verse. Very quickly. For the lips of a strange woman does what? So what was he advising you about since? He was coming to a strange woman. I said, you don't have discretion. Because her lips drip honey. You can't tell that the end is death. You will lick the honey and arrive at the venom. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb. And her mouth is what? Smoother than oil. What is he literally describing? Is a kiss. Next verse. But her is what? I said you will lick the honey and arrive where? At the venom. Sharp as a... Next verse. Her feet, where does it lead to? It goes to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Next. He said, if you don't take hold of this question, you will ponder the path of life and her ways are what? is full of compromise. So that you cannot know them. Next verse. Hear me now therefore, O ye children, and do what? If you can keep these things in your heart. Let's read a few more verses and we are closed. First Corinthians chapter 6. Thank you guys. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. All of you. Thank you. You've learned how to guard your heart now, right? 
no thought should cross your boundaries that you did not check in. If you didn't check it in, check it out. Did you hear me? I said, whatever you did not check in, what should you do? Check it out. First Corinthians chapter 6. From verse 13. And from verse 13. I've started from verse 14. But he said, meat for the belly and belly for the meat. But God shall destroy both it, the belly, and them, the belly and meat. Are you following me? That means there's many things that feel satisfied. Give me verse 12. Give me verse 12. Give me verse 12. Give me verse 12. All things are what? But not all things are. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That means there are many things that you say, okay, uh, somebody used to ask, somebody asked me, okay, so when do I know I'm in sin? Is it not when we have done penetration? That means smooshing is lawful. Kissing is lawful. Petting is, but is it expedient? Where is it leading you to? If the only record that breaks your conscience is that there was penetration, then what is it? Would you now be brought under? That means Paul was simply saying here, anything that brings you under its power such that you cannot do without it, it is now master over you. He said, and anything that you now eat consistently like meat for your belly, God will destroy both it and them. He was talking about any person you cannot control. He wasn't talking about food. So you must gain mastery over your passion. Now, notice. Now, notice. He said, but God shall destroy both it and them. Then he said, now what? The body is not for. So see what he's talking about. Is it food he's talking about? What is he talking about? Talk to me now. What is he talking about? Fornication. He said, now the body is not for fornication, but what? For the Lord. And the Lord for who? So, if you use lust to satisfy the body, it's like food for the belly. And belly for the food. God will destroy both the food and the belly. That means at the end of the day, the body that you have that God wants to use, he will now be forced to destroy it. Because it rose up in love with something else. And the spirit that God caused to dwell in you is jealous. So he said, And God had both raised up what? And will what? By who? When you hear that, he's not saying there's a resurrection of the dead when God will raise us up. No, he's saying the same way God quickened the body of Christ into a supernatural existence by the same spirit he will also quicken our bodies so that our bodies can live above sin how do we know next verse know ye not that your are meaning when christ was being resurrected your body was also being resurrected into a new operation of life then he said, will I then take the member of Christ and make it the member of a harlot? God forbid. Next verse. What? 
Did you see the words? Know ye not that he which is joined with a harlot is what? One body with her. For two, said he, shall become. That means two becoming one doesn't happen when we say I do. It happens when we join our bodies. So hear me. Some of you have been married. The only thing that can break that covenant is it was the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that opened heaven's door and let me in. It was the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that washed away the guilt, that washed away the guilt of all my sins. Go do it one time in part. It was the blood, it was the blood, the blood of Jesus, of Jesus that opened heaven's door and let me the blood it was the blood of Jesus the blood that washed away the guilt that washed away the guilt that washed away the guilt of all my sins say one more time say it was the blood So whether you honor the Lord or not, you are married. They join marriages in the mosque. They join in customary court. It's still marriage. If the marriage that came from the mosque arrives in church, it's a marriage. Maybe nobody ever told you. So notice that the Bible says that the moment you join your body with a harlot, you activate the scripture in Genesis chapter 2. The two shall become so the activation of a covenant of marriage is sex. Do you see where the perversion is? That's why Satan doesn't want married people having sex. And he doesn't want single people staying away from sex. I wish you heard me. It's amazing. Ask the married people. He arrives at a place where sex now becomes a struggle in marriage. So we're counseling people to have sex. Brother, please touch her. You that you thought I, I can't keep my eyes. I can't keep my eyes. Hey, hey, oh, oh. 
One day they will be begging you, oh boy, touch her now. <laughs> Pastor, this woman, she just doesn't respect me. How can I be touching what does not respect me? They say, ah, Pastor, leave it. I better sleep with the goat in this house than this man. Is he a man? When they are calling men, will he answer? I'm telling you what married people are struggling with. And you are sitting and thinking, I can't wait. Satan doesn't want married people having sex and he doesn't want single people staying away from him. He's a perversion. <laughs> Wake up. But he said to you, your body is now activated into a newness of life together with the resurrection of Christ. So he that is joined with the Lord in the knowing of that covenant is one spirit with God. Meaning, listen to me, you need a body that is intact to be able to translate that which you receive in the spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? If your spirit is now one with the Lord, you can now receive the things that are of the Lord. But you need a body that is intact. That is not joined with halots to be able to execute to see in the spirit. So the next thing he charged you is what? Flee fornication. For every other sin a man commits is outside of his body. He said, But the sin of fornication is a sin against your own body. So next verse. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple? Know ye not my body. Dr. Panam said, my body is your sanctuary. My body is your sanctuary. Say, purify me. Purify me I go. So I might be bold. So I might be bold to say my body. Is your sanctuary. Is your sanctuary. Say it one more time. Say my body. My body. Is your sanctuary. Say it till your inner ear hears it. Say my body. My body. Is your sanctuary. Is your sanctuary. Say purify me. sanctuary. One more time. Would you say it and let your inner ear hear it. Say my body is your sanctuary. Say my body is your sanctuary. Say purify me just like God. So am I supposed to do
didn't say your spirit is temple. He said your body. Keeping myself away from sex is valid worship. That's why I said to you, any man who must penetrate me must take permission from the Lord of my body. That's why we take marriage vows. Are you willing to love her like Christ? love the church what we're saying is you're about to share a privilege in her body with christ will you honor it then when we look at you we're also saying to you you are about to share a privilege with christ christ is the only owner of this body but now he's permitting you to own it like he owns it in the spirit do you promise not to obstruct christ because he's not handing over. He's just sharing with you. He's holding the spiritual lordship and giving you the natural key. Believing that you will not obstruct in the natural what he initiates in the spirit. That's what marriage is. So when your husband says he's going to preach and I say to him, no, even the Bible says you must satisfy me. You must cool down and understand that you are desecrating the Lord that gave you the permission to share that body. So you must be able to look at him or her that day and say it is already sufficient privilege given to me by God that when you are here, I can share your body. I cannot stop you from doing the bidding of the Lord who honored me enough to give me your body to share with him. That's how holy marriage is. So when Paul said in Hebrews 13, marriage is honorable in all things. The bed undefiled. He was simply saying to you, every night you struggled with your feelings and you said no. God received it as a sweet smelling incense. It was valid worship. You know, the problem is we don't know the things that rise before God has worship. So we only thought we had a struggle last night and we managed to escape. But God is standing up on his throne and he's saying to Jesus, can you see how much Mary is honoring me? See how she's struggling. She's struggling to push that desire out of her heart. See how she's doing it. Because she doesn't want anything to start. She shall be mine in the day when I number my jewels. It has risen before him as a sweet smelling savour. The moment you realize it, it will be a pride for you to keep your body for the Lord alone. And the man or woman, he will permit to share it with you. Because marriage is not, I am now the owner of your body. Anytime I say, Miro Quanta. No, that's not marriage. Marriage is I realize that you are God's vessel. He gave me the privilege to share him. Share your body with him. It's already a privilege too high for me. So I would do it with honor. Whatever the Lord says to you, do, do it. I was sitting one of my sisters day for STD night. She said to me, Pastor Chintok, my husband not talk. I married talk. I said, what happened? 
He said, and she said, anytime I say to him, this is what the Lord is saying to me. Instead of him to say to me, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. You turn on the camera and say, do it now. Is it not the that said it? It's the Lord, though. Do it. Then he turns and walks away. She said, ah. Won't you even slow down and say to me, okay, let's think about it. Let's see how we can. You know women like those kind of things. Guys, you must be military with them. Let them know. There's only one Lord and Master. He's in heaven. You are not. If he speaks, you bow. That was the place our fathers tried to enter. And God cut them off. So they stopped being fathers. You can compare with God. Nobody is like him. So you see, Lilian, if nobody understands that privilege, he does not deserve you. Your father stayed focused on the Lord alone. That was what Paul was saying. He wasn't saying don't marry. There's at the temple of God, the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. And you are not what? Somebody say, I'm not my own. Say it till your body hears it. No, 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 no. Say it until your emotions hear it. Say it until lost hears you. I'm not my own. If I belong to myself, I will follow what you said. Because me too, I like how you taste. But I don't belong to me. To go with anybody, I have to ask the owner of the body. For you are what? Hey, 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 hey. You didn't, no, no. You are what? That means you are born slaves. You don't have a right. You are bought with a price. Therefore, you must glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which both are God's. They belong to God. So, let's, can we close the night by just lifting hands and telling the Lord, we belong to you. Just tell him, we belong to you. If you have questions, you can pass it to the ushers. I'll take the next 10 minutes just answering questions. But tell him, I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong I belong
standing relationship with both of them. I taught Happy from Sunday school. I mean, when she was a Sunday school student, I was her Sunday school teacher. Um, so, she's now a Sunday school teacher in church. So, the Sunday school children are going to sing for her tomorrow. You know. And it's, it's just amazing. It makes me feel a little bit of old, you know. Uh, uh, but I'm not that old. I, I just started serving the Lord very early. I did. Amen. Um, but in the midst of it, I chose to honor their union with declaring sanctified sexuality to say to you there's still a generation that keeps itself uh, are you following me uh, i said it to honor them i decided to do i don't know for whose sake we will do renewed sexuality because we have to do it yeah We'll take care of that for people who fell into the wrong relationships, didn't have the knowledge of God, people who were rape victims, all of those things. We'll take care of that when we come to speak about renewed, renewed sexuality. People who need to forgive, people who need to undo. We have to speak about the principles in scripture that will help them restore both their confidence and their bodily focus. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There are principles in God that will help you restore. Alright? I'll do it in honor of, you know, even if I'm doing that one in honor of anybody, I can't say it. Because it now look like it's the person that is struggling. And that, uh, are you following me? But I really just wanted to honor him. Happy didn't make it tonight. She really wanted to be here. But matter things have taken her away from the presence of the Lord. Before I entered the service, I heard that even her grandfather, where we were supposed to go and carry her from, he doesn't know where she is. So, <laughs> are you following me? She, she just really needed to put certain things past. Job couldn't make it in until on, on Wednesday evening or late night. and then So they had to crash their counselors yesterday and today. And they slept in my house because I had to counsel them very early this morning. But I just wanted to declare openly that I did it to honor him and happy. And as many of you as can make it for the wedding tomorrow, you, you are welcome. We do weddings differently here. Weddings here are not just a ceremony. They are spiritual exercises. So when you hear, it is an honor to share your body. That's how we marry here. We don't marry here. Will you take this man to love and to hold to love and share his dead do you pass? I do. I do. Hurry up, Pastor. Night is doing. Thanks, Joe. Please sit down. Amen. Will you celebrate him once again? And then we'll take the questions. Uh, they are still adding. Hallelujah. Let me start from this one. How do two believers who have been lovers, I guess the person was saying, um, maybe are in a relationship and have been involved bodily, transit smoothly to being friends in repentance. First and foremost, repent. John Samstead. The moment you repent, both of you now realize you need help. There's something this generation doesn't like, and it's called submission. Do you understand me? There's got to be somebody you are submitted to, to whom you can boldly and freely walk up and say, Sir, we were struggling. When we speak about renewed sexuality, you understand the reason why it will become necessary for a third eye to be upon you and then fix a few laws around you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because as it were, uh, one of the scriptures I was going to touch is, do not awaken love until it pleases. The problem is, once you awaken it, making it sleep is tougher. So, what you now have to do is you have to put the schoolmaster the law. Do you understand? Or when it's evening, we will not be together. Understanding that, so that by the time we put you under a word drill and put you under a word drill, by the time we restore both of you to each other, there has been some washing of the water. Do you understand it? So you are not automatically restored. The word has to work on you. And for the word to work on you, there must be somebody you are submitted to who you will say, I have struggled with my body. Then the person puts a law around you and then puts you under special classes and tutelage that brings you back to that restored state in your mind where even if you now have an opportunity, you will not be involved. Do you understand it? I told you why it's a bit more complex. It's because your body has now been involved. So the joys of it, the mantra has been broken. So the joys of it, your body knows. So your body will keep going for it every time you see each other. Those of you who have ever fallen to sex before you will know that the moment you fell by it once almost every time you saw each other there was a reason to go back there do you understand it so the washing must happen according to the washing of the water by the word my question is from the part of the 
splitted souls and divided vision. Is it possible for your soul to be brought back as one soul and restore the vision that has been divided and make it one again? Yes. When we come to do renewed sexuality, I'm going to deal with this. Very, listen to me. Part of the things we must understand is the redemptive work of Jesus. There is nothing the redemptive work of Jesus cannot undo. Do you understand me? There is nothing sin has done that the redemptive work of Jesus cannot undo. The only thing is that for every one thing, there are principles. You must obey and honor the principles and now be restored in your heart into knowing that you need the grace of Jesus poured upon you for this to be done. Then when you repent, we put you under a few deals and you are, you are good. All right? Take note. Please take note. And it's very important. Because if Satan begins to attack you with guilt, that's what he will not tell you. There is nothing you have done in sin that repentance and the power of the blood of Jesus cannot undo. Everything is undoable. That's what salvation means. Are you following me? Uh, I'm a rape victim. I have been abused more times than I can remember. At some point, I hated God, but I found my way back. I've had sex with more people than I can count. Um, not because I want to, but because I am sad said and i will be beaten of first i am a i'm in a healthy relationship he has never asked for sex but i know if he does i cannot say no because i'm still scared i'm happy now i've rededicated my life but how do i overcome this fear i feel very inadequate because i am not a virgin i feel like i have nothing to offer a man you have everything to offer a man everything. Virginity is not the gift of marriage. Virginity is a gift of to God, not to your husband. Do you understand? And if God says your sin and your iniquity will I remember no more. Any man who feels that he wants to remember the iniquity, he can follow the sin to hell. I wish you heard me. We didn't say these things to puncture your confidence in the activity of the blood of Jesus. We said it to esteem the holiness of God. I said to my, I met my wife a virgin by the grace of God. I was a virgin too. But I said to my wife, I'm not marrying you because you are a virgin. If you had been a serial prostitute and the Lord brings you to me, now saved, I will marry you with no hurt. You know why? Because every man who is in Christ is a new creature. I can't speak it concerning me and not believe it concerning another. It's hypocrisy. I wish she was here tonight. Because you know I like to say those things when she's here. So that Do you understand what I mean? If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Those of you who have those kind of past, don't be quick to share it in your relationship. First check the gusto of the man. What can he take? If he cannot handle it, just forget about it. If he ever finds out and says, why didn't you tell me? You, are you have cheated me. Say, no, no, no. All things are... Behold, all things are become new. If you can't take it, let him move on. Listen, I'm not, I'm not an advocate of secrecy. But I'm also an advocate of knowing the strength of the order before you kill the person. 
sometimes if you are late tell the person if you cannot handle it oh yeah pack your load and go and you don't come and sit down thinking hey i'm suffering for what i did before what's the way doing this meeting jesus christ why am i just seeing you where's one auntie take her to sunday school oh. put her auntie for my daughter are you following me No, I'm just seeing her, really. I'm not joking. She has a question. <laughs> Let's share the grace. <laughs> question of what? <laughs> Ask your father when you get home. Are you, is anybody following me? Listen to me. Are you following me? Let's, let's use that to establish everything. Alright? Especially when it comes to you have a past concerning this. Listen. When you were ignorant, Lord overlooks God cannot hold this up against you. Especially because you were a rape victim. You were forced. In fact, speaking logically, you should have a reason to be bitter against God. I mean, logically speaking. Not rightly speaking. Because the moment you arrive at God, you will know what he wants to use your life to speak. When he permits certain things, he's not a fool. He's not. He was there. And you don't know that it pained him more than it was paining you when it happened. But he decided all things work together. When he picks you up and makes your story, have you heard Joyce Mayer? Our greatest depth is our biggest testimony now. Nations come out to hear our story. It's not a disadvantage. Did you hear me? And those of you who are Christian brothers, don't wear that me, that I have kept myself for the Lord. If you are not a virgin, you are just self-righteous, full of yourself. You will soon marry a self-righteous woman. Both of you will suffer. Okay now. Okay. Okay now. Okay. I thought that was a worship song. Is anybody following me? Come on, saints. Are you following me? It's self-righteousness. If Jesus could redeem you from your sin and give you a fresh start, how do you then think that Jesus cannot redeem anybody? It is wrong thinking. It should not even be found among the saints. In fact, one of the ways to prove to a person that God has forgiven the person is for God to give a pe the person someone that has never... <laughs> So the girl is saying to you, I've had sex with like 70 something men. And you're looking at her and say, I don't know what it feels like to be inside a woman. That's how she realizes that God does not hold her past against her. You become a picture of Jesus to her. And the greatest privilege a man can have is to represent Jesus in another man's life. You know that was a major stronghold we brought down right now, right? So thank the Lord for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Christians, what are those things that should distinct our relationship from the relationship of the people in the world? First and foremost, service to God. I thought somebody will think that I would say first and foremost, let's be pure. Nah. The service to God. 
everybody needs to see both of you and understand that your union is supposed to build the kingdom you understand even people who didn't like my relationship couldn't deny that we were building something i knew my wife for four and a half years i mean we we're dating for four and a half years before we married 5th of november last week maybe two weeks ago was 15 years exactly since we fell in love in the sense of we decided we we're going to travel together and 5th of may this year was 10 years exactly since because four and a half months exactly after we started dating we got we got married we started dating 5th of november 2002 we married 5th of may 2007 now in these last 15 years some things we have discovered is everybody who looks at us knows that we are deeply in love with each other everybody knew it from relationship into marriage that we're deeply in love with each other but we're both deeply in love with god and his kingdom so we can sow each other into god that's why i can travel the way i travel my wife has never called me and said kai before god you belong to me come back home she can't try it but you don't want to know the number of nights you have called each other and told each other, I can't wait to come back home. I can't wait to hold you in my house. When you have that in marriage now, it's a miracle. Oh. You understand it? That's Satan's war. I said it in the course of the service. He wants married people not having sex and people who are not married having sex. So when you have peace enough to think of each other every time fondly and can't wait to see each other and you're, you, you're thinking of, oh, when next I hold you? I, when I come back from my journeys, my children know. First things first. They jump on me, I tap their head, I am waiting for my wife. As she's coming, I hold her there. Ask everybody who travels with me, they know. I'm not embarrassed about it. I hold her there, I peck her on her neck. I hold her there like a child who is about to die. At least for 30 seconds. That kind Hey, baby. I don't come back. I so far. Yeah, like 30 seconds later, I will leave her and give her a good kiss. Then I can turn and say, hey, how are you people? Understand it. Don't do all those ancient our father's teeth. No, we don't. A man cannot be weak publicly. If you are weak, they will not respect you. By the time you enter inside the room and lock the door, you have to be... Sorry, I didn't say that. Alright, guys. The God life is the best life. I can't trade. When, when we sing songs like, I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. When I'm singing it, I know exactly what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not singing a popular song. I know what I'm saying. I can't trade this life for anything else. I know what people are suffering. Thinking about marriage, I get to a stage where I think about how my sexual life will be with my husband when I get married. At that time, so many imaginations come and it's hard for me to think of my wedding night or marriage without thinking about our that life. Please, how do I get out of this? Uh, rebuke the thought, my brother or sister. Rebuke it. It is a subtle entering of Satan. Uh, if it if it keeps working on your emotions and straining your body, almost naturally you will want to fulfill it. Do you understand? 
Father, faith collect the things that be not as though they were. Lord, bring the future now. Oh, Lord. Can I talk about sexual issues with a brother or a male friend I'm very close to or even my boyfriend and to what extent my sister in the Lord. Let me give you a candid advice. The brother you are talking to is a man. So sister, <laughs> be careful what man you commit it unto. Before he tells you, that's why the Lord sent you to me. He sent me to help you fulfill. Just as a help. Not as the husband, no, just to help you. I am Alos Paracletos, another comforter. I'm not the comforter, I'm another Alos Paracletos. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you're talking to a brother about sexual issues, um, if the brother is not thoroughly strong and baked, what he's seeing are your vulnerabilities. And Satan takes advantage of that his sight and says to him, You have gotten a door. If he's not strong, he'll go down with you. You can write it in gold. Do you understand? So, if you've got those kind of issues, you are safer with an older woman. When Titus said, let the older woman teach the younger woman, yeah, it's because there are certain matters that are they are sensitive. Do you understand? So, a church is supposed to be structured such that there are older women that you have that kind of respect for. Knock their door anytime and say to her, I'm struggling with my body. Even that one, you have to be careful. Because there are some older women that are busy bodies who don't keep their mouth. Uh -huh. That's the reason why you must be careful to speak with women we have given public validation to. Let it be our fault. Don't just speak anybody. I think I like the way this woman is. I will talk to her. You will sue. I told you about the mother who gave her daughter advice. That when she goes to London, she should find their denomination in London. And then when she enters there, she should look for an older woman who looks like the mother figure in the church and then make her like her, her godmother. You understand? And be asking her questions. So she did exactly what her mother told her. Landed in London, found a church that was their denomination, entered the church, and then found the woman that looks like everybody respected as a godmother. So she went and met the woman and said, ah, ma, I want to just be your goddaughter. I want to, you know, just follow you. I want to... Yeah. Ma, do you have any advice for me? She said, um, well, the UK is easy. Uh, you take life the way it comes to you. Um, you have to work hard, read hard, and you will succeed. And when you are really stressed, have a little sex. Yeah. So the girl called her mother because she still had Nigerian sense. <laughs> she said, mommy. <laughs> mommy. I followed your advice, so... This is what the woman told me. The woman, the mother said, run away. <laughs> I just, I said that to simply say, it's not everybody who looks. Do uh, you understand? If it becomes necessary, speak to, if you are in this church, talk to me. I'm the senior pastor of the assembly. I'll tell you where to go to. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I see that I like you and I'm thinking, hey, I say, Mamo, 
Mambo! See your case. Okay. One of the things I like that God taught me early is I don't used to deceive myself. I know what I liked. And I know how to run away from it early. It's a survival principle. You want to live long, you have to know it. Are you following me? Number two. Can I talk about sexual issues with your brother or male friend? Okay, I'm very close. So we just answered that, right? Uh-huh. Uh, number three. Should I quit even relationship with any guy who tries to misbehave or play sexually with me? You need to know the extent. If he insists, walk away. Anybody can fall into a do you understand? A conditional situation. If you slap him, if you see the fear of the Lord return into him. You know I gave you counsel before. There are some things you don't play with. If you slap him, if you see, oh, I'm sorry. Let me tell you. Ella, one day I cannot forget my relationship. I was beginning to get tired of spiritual things. Weary of spiritual things. And most times, your sexual failures are direct products of your spiritual weaknesses. When you see yourself becoming, you know, you want to be held, you want to, you are dying. It's a spiritual death. <laughs> and I got there at some point in my relationship. Now I'm not ashamed to say all those things. I got there at some point in my relationship. But God gave me a strong woman. So she bore with me until one day. She had been begging me, let's go to Lontenis Court and pray. You know when you are there, you don't want to pray. I was in an all-time spiritual low. I didn't want to pray. She lured me, used all the love until we got there. You know, the maternity Buddha. She was my babe. Telling me, this is not the man I met. The man I met met loved the Lord. Brother, it wasn't five minutes. I started crying. I mean, I literally was in tears. I broke down there. I repented. It wasn't a case of, okay, we're physically involved. But she noticed I was already dying. Yeah. When you see a man who fears the Lord, he doesn't brag mistakes. He's, that's David. The man after God's heart. Do you understand? Brothers, you have to learn it. There's no evil in saying I was wrong. I am sorry. And you don't repent to anyone. You repent to the Lord. So if you can't say sorry to a man, you can't say sorry to God. Seeing that Abraham was 10 years older than Sarah and Eve was created after Adam, there's a stronghold in the minds of people in that brothers as your wife should be older than you. Is that the right thinking from God's perspective? It's not. It's not. It's not. Should I say it in English? It's not. Give you the French version? It's not. Greek is not. Spanish is not. Abigail was older than David. Listen to me. This is the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we are more destiny conscious than we are physical. This, I'm an eternal spirit. We'll teach it one day. But if you still have the stronghold, please look for your junior sister. No, I, I don't mean same father, same mother. I mean look for somebody who is younger. Before you now come and say I'm the one that said 
I didn't say. What's the definition of beauty from God's perspective? For the woman is the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. For the man is a broken and a contrite heart. That's beauty. That's what God sees as beauty. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which before God is of a great price. For the man is a broken and a contrite heart. Any man who can repent before God is beautiful. Do you understand? It's, very, it's a very simple question. Uh, so when men put up that front, sees them and is thinking, what are you? That's why God always comes up against the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. That's what makes a man beautiful. Okay, I think we've answered this one. Is there anyone who has not answered? Uh, my question is, what do you really mean when you talk about a man who is willing to walk? I need more clarification. I just mean a man who is willing to walk. I mean, if a man is willing to walk, you can tell. I'm not talking about men who are daydreaming. One day, I will have 16 cars. We will be driving in 17 countries. No, no. When you sit down with a man, he can tell you what is in his heart. There is something he sees. Something that drives him daily. Some people even find it difficult to pick up a secular job because of what drives them daily. When I sit down with many of those people, I tell them, no, 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 you got to go and be faithful with another man's business. Do you understand? It doesn't necessarily kill your own vision or your own dream. Uh I encourage that. But you must, when you see a man who is passionate about what he wants to do, you can hear it in his voice and see it in his eyes. I used to tease my friends recently. All right? Are you following me? I, I've been teasing my friends recently and I've been telling them, oh boy, ah, you guys, you are enjoying it. I beg, find me a job now. You know I'm jobless. But am I, am I, I'm jobless now. Do I look like I'm employed to you? Nobody has ever given me employment letter. I'm jobless. Magdalene. Am I not? <laughs> George said he likes the kind of joblessness. <laughs> are you following me? I don't have a formal job. There's, there's nothing formal. I can't tell you this is how much I earn every month. My salary fluctuates. It rises, falls, rises, then falls, more, then rise. You understand what I'm saying? Because I don't determine what I get every month. I don't manipulate it. I'm a Levite. The Lord is my portion. Do you understand it? I'm a Levite. And so if you look at me, you can say I'm not, I'm not gainfully employed. I'm not gainfully employed. But you can't look at me and say he doesn't have a vision. Can you say I don't have a vision? No, no, just look at me again. <laughs> just say I don't have a vision. You see, you just disappeared. Soup. <laughs> Come on, saints. Were we blessed tonight? Did we have a blessed time tonight? All right, so one more time. Just lift up those hands and bless the Lord. Yeah. We lift you up, oh God. We lift you up, oh God. Yes, we lift you up, oh God. Hey, yeah, hey. Hey, yeah, hey. Hey, yeah. We lift you up, oh God. We lift you up, oh God. Yes, we lift you up, oh
direction for our feet. Every time Satan wants to sway us away, Lord, remind us of the things you have taught us. Strengthen our hearts in your truth. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Blessed be your name, our Father. We give you praise. Lord, everyone who needs provision to get home tonight, I ask that you provide supernaturally in the name of Jesus. No one will fall into the hands of, you will be victims to any wrong thing in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, our Father. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen.